on this week's episode of Third Party Control Podcast, we talk about 3DS and Wii U online functionality closing for both consoles, Hideki Kamiya leaving Platinum Games, and so much more on this solo episode of Third Party Control Podcast. Let's get it going. <laughs> third party control podcast i'm your host jesse mcclerk lira and uh i'm by myself this week yeah it i it was my fault i'm gonna gonna take full responsibility after many years of doing this it was hard to find a time where we could all get together and that was on me it was on me don't blame them blame me and so for that you're getting a solo episode with me talking about all the things you really care about and, uh, <laughs> yeah, so the gentlemen are taking a, a week off. And we'll be back next week ripping and raring to go. But everything will be fixed next week. But I'm still here to give you guys an episode of Third Party Control Podcast. Yes, it's the solo cast. With me, your host. Your ghost host with the most. My cousin just texted me. Um, actually, you know what? Let's do this live. We're doing it live. Fuck it. We're doing it live. All right? Fuck it. Um, <laughs> uh, my headset was sounding weird, so, but now it fixed itself. So I'm, I'm not weird seeing, <laughs> but, uh, my cousin just messaged me. And if this is the cousin who, uh, okay, this isn't the thing I'm, I told you to listen to. It's going to be the next thing. So don't worry about this, but this just happened live. Did you watch the trailer for Dragon Ball Daima? All right. This is live. I'm going to react to it. I'm going to tell you guys what I'm messaging. So if anyone who isn't uh, a fan of Dragon Ball or in the anime um, world, Dragon Ball, uh, they just announced a new show called Dragon Ball Daima. And it is uh, basically an untold Dragon Ball tale. But looking at the trailer, it is currently... uh, current day um, i believe of dragon ball but they turn small so now everybody in the dragon ball cast bulma vegeta goku chi chi all them become chibi little characters chibi little kids because something's going on so this is going to be a new dragon ball series happening on uh fall of 2024 so they just announced it i think at new york comic-con if i am correct i did see the trailer and i'm going to text them right now yes I did. I'm all about it. Fuck the people who are hating it. I'm all on board. What did you think? And I think the reason I'm all on board, I mean, there's people like right now, they're, they're upset. Here's the thing, real quick. Love Dragon Ball. Huge fan. Uh, love it not only for the characters and the story and everything, but also it's something I share with my cousins, Dudi and Rikis. Uh, it's a series I love. I will always love it. I love Dragon Ball. I love Dragon Ball Z. I love Dragon Ball Super and fuck GT. <laughs> and right now people are like, GT because you turned small. No, no, no. But I'm all about this Dragon Ball Daima because it just looks fun. And the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand or don't know because a lot of people uh, ever, only ever watched Dragon Ball Z and probably Super and never went back to watch Dragon Ball. I get it, but I think they're missing out because original Dragon Ball 
is so much fun. It's awesome storytelling, so much jokes, uh, and the the fighting when it gets to it during the tournaments or even fights with uh, Kid Goku against like Tien, Yamcha, Krillin, all that stuff is like fucking dope ass martial arts. And we get some of the Kamehameha stuff and everything, but that is really overutilized and used a lot more in Z, which was the more popular one. And don't get me wrong, I love Spirit Bombs, Kamehameha, all that shit. But uh, it's it was cool to watch the original ones when they became available. And it, Dragon Ball is just so much fun. Um, and to counter, Bethel's not here, of course, as you guys know. But I ended up buying Bethel for Christmas the whole series of Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, and fucking Dragon Ball Super. Because this guy, Bethel, watched Dragon Ball Z like all of us did as kids. But he never got past the Frieza saga because it took too long. Which is understandable if you understand the release of Dragon Ball Z in the United States. But uh, I had the privilege of having cousins like my cousin Thudi to be able to record me Dragon Ball, which was way ahead than America, uh, the Spanish version of Dragon Ball. So I love every version. Anyway, long story short, love Dragon Ball. But then Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super. And seeing this is fun, Dragon Ball Daima, because hopefully we get some of the spirit of Dragon Ball with more current day stuff. But also I know from years of Dragon Ball coming back that there is a division, if I remember correctly, in Toei Animation to do side stuff with Dragon Ball. So they've done side stuff not only in the mangas, not only in, in the animated features, because I think they did dra Super Dragon Ball something, which were like 15-minute episodes. I only watched like a few, and I, I kind of got out of it. And then they did a manga of, I have it, I forget what it's called, but it's basically I died and got reincarnated by Yamcha, which was a huge hit. So it was a story of a kid who's a big Dragon Ball Z fan, dies gets reincarnate, reincarnated as Yamcha in the Dragon Ball series and realizes, oh shit, I'm going to die during the Saiyan saga. So he, knowing that knowledge, he changes everything. So because he's a big fan of Dragon Ball, he knows the outcome of how everything turns out. So he actually ends up training and doing the same stuff Goku did, but then knows that he's limited in being a human and can't do more than that. But I'm not going to ruin it. Check it out. It's a dope-ass manga. I think it's titled, I Died and Got Reincarnated as Yamcha. Great, great fun stuff. But I think because of that or of that, there was a section of Toei Animation or the Dragon Ball franchise or whatever of, hey, we're going to do side stuff for fun, I guess. And also because they want to make money. And I think Dragon Ball Daima and Super Dragon Ball is coming out of that. To me, if Daima is good or not... Yeah, I, well, I don't care because uh, nothing can be as bad as GT. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, GT sucked, but whatever. I know people who like it. Oh, uh, my cousin replied. Ricky's replied. I would rather have the Moro arc animated, but it looks so good. The animation was amazing, and it touched a spot in my heart seeing uh, Gomu with the staff. Gomu? Oh, Goku. Okay, he meant Goku with the staff. It was nostalgia. Okay, he meant Goku, my bad. Alright, I thought it was a typo. Yeah, but the staff with the his power pull. I'll absolutely watch it. Okay, I love I love my cousin. He knows. Like I get I get the disappointment, right? And I don't think it's not happening. I think they're not in a rush. 
I don't know. I really don't know why they're not continuing with uh, the manga because I know the manga is going. But I think uh, I think it might be. I don't want to speculate too much. I, ha- I have a feeling, but I'm not going to continue. Anyway, uh, yeah, let's get back to the show. That was a little uh, sideways side talk of uh, some Dragon Ball stuff because it happened live. Okay, this happened live. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to bring it up because it was live. All right. Anyway, uh, let's get. Wait, who's who's at the door? Hey, suffer. Hey. I kind of haven't been playing a lot of games, and I'll explain why. And yes, this is a video game podcast, but right now it's a solo one. It's me. It's Jesse. I've been watching One Piece, and I finally caught up to One Piece, the anime. I started One Piece last year in November, and now in October, I finally caught up to One Piece, and I'm up to date with the anime and i fucking love it i'm now gonna i'm that fucking guy now i'm that fucking guy that's bugging all of his friends bugging all of his co-workers to watch one piece because i became that asshole no joke and here's the thing this is all i'm gonna say this is what i'm talking about Ricky. so this is mainly to you but everyone else listening to me personally going through this adventure watching them pretty much almost a full year of of going through it but also a lot of friends that we have are um fans of anime right and you have that one friend that's really into anime you have some friends that are like they love anime but they have their specific anime that they enjoy and you have some people that dabble but don't go super into it and the friends that you have that are like super into anime and watch everything a good majority of them don't watch one piece because one piece is right now at this time while i'm recording is 1078 episodes that's daunting that is a lot that is so much to where people don't want to try it and i i get it i understand it i i I see it's a daunting task i think i see it's a daunting thing but while i was going through one piece i was taking my time and i would watch it and you know, with any anime, especially long going ones, especially this one was so so big, you have filler, you have things that drag, standard anime stuff. But anyway, One Piece is very long. And I wanted to test something because the people who were mega fans that I know, when I would be like, before I watched One Piece, um, I would tell them, have you watched One Piece? And they go, no too big too long and that kind of caught me off guard because those mega fans mega 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 fans and there's mega fans that have watched one piece but those huge fans that are like what's the next anime i want to i want to watch the next anime and even your non-mega fans who are getting into anime are like all right all right i finished demon slayer i caught up to demon slayer and where its seasons are what's next jujitsu kaisen oh what's next hunter x hunter Oh, what's next? This and that, right? They're watching every, they're looking for the next thing because they finished what they already finished uh, of whatever season, right? And I always thought, well, why don't you watch One Piece? And they, and they, some people would go, no. And I say, well, 
why don't you have that as your buffer? And, and some people would be like, what do you mean? It's like, well, you know it's long, but you're always looking for the next thing after you finish a particular show. Why can't just One Piece be your buffer in between whatever comes out next? So like, let's say, you know, Chainsaw Man hasn't been out yet, but there's that rumor like, they're making it into an anime, it's awesome. Uh, it's coming out in two months. Well, while you're waiting, because you're waiting for another anime, watch One Piece. Then you get Chainsaw Man, you watch Chainsaw Man, then they're done with whatever season, and then continue with One Piece. Don't don't have a goal to finish it, just have it as your buffer anime. You come back to it, it's there, you know it's there, and it could be your buffer while you're waiting for everything else. And some people would just be like, no. Because I think they have the mentality or, or they're used to like binge that, see, binge that show, catch up next show. And I get it. People do that. People are accustomed to that stuff. But I always suggested, why don't you just binge it? Or not binge it. Why don't you just, knowing that it's so huge in one piece, why not just have it be your buffer? But no one's done it. But for me, I gave myself a little test last year in November. I'm like, hey, let me start this, right? I'm, I'm in no rush. I don't care. Let's start watching it. And from episode one, I found it charming. I liked it. I was surprised on how it was introducing characters, how it was building the story, building you into that world. And as I kept going, the more and more I enjoyed it, the more and more I kept watching. And then, you know, with any type of anime or long going series, you hit roadblocks where, man, this is taking long. Eight episodes happened and the planet is still taking five minutes to blow up. Dragon Ball Z, the Frieza saga, of course all that stuff right um one piece falls into those categories like any other long going long series enemies but i'm here to tell you guys that i loved it but i don't want to tell you why you will love it because i think one piece is a show that you need to find the reason why it hooks you so you can watch five episodes you can watch two episodes and if you feel like it's not for you, it's fine. It's completely fine. But I, to me, as I thought about this, I don't want to tell you, oh man, what? And I'm just making stuff up. Once you get to the bubble bath, it's fucking awesome. Then I think it's unfair because now you're. I'm telling you why you're going to like it, and then you're going to be watching and going, um, when's that bubble bath shit going to happen? Like I don't know. You know, I don't know, but maybe for some people, it's like you're waiting for that, but then you find what you like. But what I'm saying is with One Piece, I think so, you're going to like what you're going to like. And, and what's, what you like about One Piece is either going to be similar to some people or a, a unique thing where I liked it because of this character, this arc, the storyline, or how they, they tackled this. But to me, I don't want to tell people why they're going to like it. I just say, try it out. And that's what I'm telling you. And especially you, Ricky's. I, I'm t I text you to that to listen to this episode. Give it a chance. And I'm even telling you, regardless of how you want to consume One Piece, whether read it as a manga or check out what I've heard. I haven't checked it out yet. One Piece, which fans have edited and made the anime more closer to the manga and taking out all the filler, all the stuff where there's long pauses. And when I actually finally went to it's, it's one pace.net, or even if you put one pace, that's the first thing that pops up on Google. 
I went through their site, which looked, which was cool. And I was seeing like, oh, this arc is only like an hour. I'm like, holy shit. Or like a bigger arc. Like, you know, it'll look daunting. But for someone who's watched it all, I'm like, that's fucking cool. And I want to check it out. I'm like really excited to check it out. And it is a task. But I look to anyone listening. But you too, Rikis. Because we talked about this already. I... And I'm speaking to Ricky's right now. Everyone else, you can take this too, but I'm Ricky's. I'm speaking to you. I think you will love it. You're going to find something about it. I don't want to tell you what it is, but I honestly think you will dig it. I know you said you don't like the animation and I understand that I, I, I can, you know, things are a visual medium, whether it com- becomes animation film or whatever, and people will enjoy what they like. It, everyone has a visual taste. 100%. You're not wrong if you don't think something looks good. Because visually, you are accustomed or you enjoy something yourself. It does get better. I enjoyed it. I'm, I'm more of a fan of like, I like unique visual styles. I don't want to see the same shit, right? I don't want anything to look like Dragon Ball, even though there's Dragon Quest. Uh, but that's because it's a Kira Toriyama. I don't want anything to look like Jujutsu Kaisen or like Yu Yu Hakusho or, or you know, uh, Cowboy Bebop or anything like that. Like... I want things to look unique or if they look similar it's because it's the same artist and that makes sense i like different visual styles in its own unique way but i think you'll like it i think the things you'll like and however you want to consume one piece whether you want to consume it in its original form in its manga form or in one piece do it how you want to sub dub whatever the fuck who cares what people say just watch it but now i'm talking to everyone else I'm that guy. I'm that guy now. I'm that fucking guy who is just speaking the word of fucking One Piece. And I'm like, oh no, I'm that fucking guy. I just had a text today from one of my coworkers that's like, I started One Piece. And I'm like, fuck, I'm that dude now. Shit. But I don't want to, again, emphasizing that I don't want to tell you why. Because I think you as a person will either connect with it or not and i don't want to tell you what you're going to enjoy because i think there's a lot in that anime series that you can find something someone's going to find something they enjoy and that's what's cool about one piece that's all i want to say it's an adventure um, of luffy the rubber boy on his pirate adventure that's all i'm gonna say with awesome characters awesome story and awesome world you know, just like any anime you enjoy, any, any, any film, written book, anything, you enjoy it because of what it offers. And I think uh, One Piece offers a lot. And I love it. It's great. The One Piece is real. People told me that once you catch up, you're gonna, you're going to hate having to wait now. But I not so far. I don't hate it. I'm excited. I'm on the same ride as everyone else, and I'm not dreading it yet. But uh, yeah, One Piece. Watch it how you want. It's good shit. Let's move on from that. There's a couple of games I did end up playing because I've been busy with work, also catching up with One Piece, everything like that. I even, you know what? I'll be honest. There was One Piece talks in episodes before that i took out of the show just because i didn't want to talk about it or whatever 
if anyone remembers uh bethel was talking about watching like i think jojo and stuff and i had a segment where i was talking about one piece but i believe i took it out just because i was like eh, i don't want to talk i don't want to talk about it but now i'm talking about because i knew i was going to save it for this but yeah let me tell you the game i ended up playing i ended up playing one piece odyssey <laughs> i bought a one piece game <laughs> <laughs> okay there's a, there's a reason why i thought there's a reason why i bought it not only because i love one piece but i was looking forward to it like after getting into the show and stuff like that I'm, I'm looking up stuff but trying to be careful not to get spoilers and stuff like that like oh what's a good game what's this and now i kind of want to just collect the games and try it out and i've talked about it here on the show like i just don't buy any dragon ball z game because not all of them are great but i want to try a um a one piece game and i ended up getting one piece odyssey but what made me look forward to getting that is I, I dived a little deep into it and it's a turn-based rpg and not only that is it an rpg but it's made by the people who worked on dragon quest 11 so i was like fuck yeah sold and i saw some images i didn't want to watch too much because i didn't know if it might be spoilers of what i was kind of watching but from what i've been playing now not really you can kind of get into it uh without really being spoiled yeah so far visually it's awesome uh i'm digging it it's turn-based combat is probably the most interesting thing about it because you have your traditional turn-based combat but this one does it in a in a cool way where it takes ideas and things from other rpgs and from the past you know with this being the same people who did dragon quest i was wondering oh is it gonna feel like dragon quest is it gonna have kind of like the same combat as dragon quest the only thing that i noticed that was similar is of course the turn-based playability of it but other than that it had a unique mechanic in it where every every person whether it's the enemy or the player every character on your in the straw hat crew has different abilities uh so like the fist symbol is power the gun symbol is speed the sword is technique so power is stronger than speed speed is stronger than technique technique is stronger than power so you have that so the cool thing is each straw hat member whether it's sanji zoro nami uh nico robin chopper or usab or even luffy have their own special ability so if you are fighting against the enemy and the enemy is more speed which it'll tell you and you're a power character your attacks will do way more damage but if you attack you know with technique but their speed it's not gonna be as strong speed is always gonna beat you so it's kind of cool to kind of have that mechanic to kind of have a tactic like oh shit all right i'm not gonna be able to beat this enemy but what's cool is you can only have three characters on the field but every straw hat is available to you so you can swap them out you don't lose a turn you can swap them out and so you're like oh dude this is a technique character i need someone to be a speed character I'll switch out this character for that for speed and I won't lose an attack boom attack them yeah with that kind of combat uh if you do standard attacks you build up like a T I think it's titled TP points and th then those points could be used for special techniques so like some of the attacks that Luffy has in the show or Sanji or whatever you can use that chopper being a doctor it has more healing ability so you can do some healing but he also has some attacks or transformations and stuff so it's a cool combat system it's nothing super unique but they take things because like the switching out the characters reminds me of and again maybe an, an earlier rpg had this but a uh, final fantasy 10 when you were able to switch in uh, in and out characters which i really liked a lot because you had a robust cast of characters but you couldn't have them all on screen but being able to switch them out it still felt like they were part of the adventure 
uh, unlike, you know, earlier or even more current RPGs where it's like, okay, let's say you have a cast of eight. Well, you can only take three. So choose your three. And then it feels like they're not the rest aren't a part of that team, which is still a fun gameplay mechanic. I'm not saying that every RPG needs to have this to be good, but I just you I don't see that mechanic where you can just switch out your party members. So I liked that they took that. And I want to say that originated in 10, but I could be wrong. But having that makes it feel like your whole crew's there. So I, I like that aspect. I didn't spend a ton of time in uh, Odyssey, but I spent like a good two hours. So it does the thing like a, a Metroidvania or Castlevania care, uh, uh, game starts where you're super powerful in the beginning. Everyone's powerful. And then you lose all your techniques and start from one. And I'm like, I was going through it and everyone was, you know, had awesome techniques. And I thought, oh, okay, in the show at this time, they are strong. So they're keeping their strength. That's cool. I'm just going to build on this. Like, because it seemed like some of the techniques and the attacks weren't super strong. I mean, you were kind of overpowering most enemies, but it it wasn't too hard, but it wasn't too, what? It wasn't too hard. But I thought, oh, maybe it's going to ramp up later, but I get to keep all these techniques, but actually t techniques later in the game will be better than what you had starting off. No, it's the, again, it's the Castlevania Metroid thing where you just start from zero and i was like oh it's such a video game trope and i get it i get it because then after that it was like a bit harder so i'm like you know what okay cool it's uh, i wish there there was another way to do it but whatever so i had that um there's going around like the, the graphics are nice I, I thought it looked really good and i have it on ps5 so it was made for ps4 so it runs at like a good 60 frames and stuff so i could see that and and it's kind of cool i wish i could explore a little bit more have more flexibility especially as you're, you're controlling the main character of luffy but so far i'm digging it uh it feels like i'm watching a part of the show that you missed kind of thing you know um but i'm digging it uh one piece odyssey it's taking from rpgs from the past and kind of doing something where it's showing the love for turn-based and and um, taking those strengths and like applying it to the characters from One Piece. Because then you're just like, this character's the white mage, this one's the black mage, this one's the thief, this one's the the knight. You know, like it, it, it fits those roles. So that's that's what's really neat about it. And I'm digging it so far. I haven't, again, haven't spent that much time with it, but I'm enjoying it. I got another game, which I will talk about. I ordered this. Um, this game came out... I think this game came out in the close to the end of September and they didn't have a physical edition. Play Asia did, so I ended up ordering it and it finally came in. It's Infinity Strash Strash Dragon Quest The Adventures of Dai. And I saw some footage on it and it looked cool. It looked like a it's based on an anime. I want to say it was a film first and then they did an anime adaptation show of it. I could be wrong. And uh, it looked good, you know, it didn't, it wasn't, it looked like a Dragon Ball art style, like a Kira Toriyama's, but like a bit different. And so it looked unique, it looked like a hack and slash game from the trailers. And I love Dragon Quest, and I thought this is something cool and unique. It's not a Musou game like the Dragon Quest Heroes games, which I still liked those too. I was like, dude, I, I'm in, and uh, PlayAsia has physical, I love physical games, I'm gonna get it. I'm early on, but it starts off, it, it looks great. You do some combat. I'm like, okay, this combat's pretty cool. You fight like a, I guess a boss. And then during it, it's like, oh, your character, I think it's die. Your character dies. 
he gets attacked and loses all his memories. Now we're going to go through all his memories. And I thought, oh, okay, cool. And they, they did this pretty cool thing where they were telling the story through the, the game graphics. And I was like, oh, that's pretty neat, right? And then when you get to the main menu, a map, then all this stuff pops up and says, now you can play the game how you want. You can choose to experience the story through the story modes, which is like a little book icon. And there's free play mode, which you can do with side adventures. And then there's story mode where you go through the game through story. And I was, I was just, it was like a map. And I was like, okay, wait, so I could just choose whatever I want. Like, I want to make sure to go on in order in this game. Like, I kind of don't, what the fuck? Like, I didn't understand it. And then, okay, I go through the little help box, the hint box. When that goes away, boom, a book pops up, right? And you click on it. And then it's a narrator narrating the story from the beginning talking about how you what you just played die loses his memory so you're gonna have to gather his memories back and i'm like okay and then it shows clips from the anime and there's voices over it and then it keeps going and then you're going through the story of the anime but instead of watching the anime they're narrating it but they only narrate your character die which i think that's his name i could be wrong and another person and then there's another character but he doesn't speak but they're kind of rushing through the story and it's like i think it was five minutes you can look here's the cool thing though you can forward or skip it but i was just like okay i'm gonna watch it and i'm like dude just fucking either play the anime or why can't i just play the game and they just redo the story in the game graphics while i play the combat because there's like fighting in it but i'm not doing it i'm just watching a still image of the anime while they dub over it so i'm like okay that was five minutes then we go back to the world map and i'm like okay and then i guess right now it's gonna be the adventure part and i'm gonna fight whatever i just saw and then another book pops up okay and then another video of still images from the anime it's another like five minutes and i'm like what the fuck I did this for like 25 minutes and I turned it off. Let me see if this show's on Crunchyroll. So I started the Crunchyroll app and typed in Dragon Quest The Adventures of Die and boop, there you go. The anime's on Crunchyroll. And I'm like, okay, how many episodes are there? There's a hundred episodes. Now, coming from watching One Piece, that's nothing. I'd rather just watch the fucking anime. I don't want to go through it in, in a fucking image storytelling. And again, I just only, it was 20 minutes, but I think I only did less than five minutes of gameplay and I was going through story. Yes, I could skip it. I got that feeling of dread, like, oh, did I just get a melon? Again, I played some gameplay that was cool, but now it's just like the weakest way of telling a story, which is still images, voiceovers, and you're not even voiceovering a character that's right there. Then I'm like, who the fuck is that guy? So, so far, Dragon Quest, Adventures of Die, Infinity Strash, I don't know. I feel like I fucked up. But I'm going to give it a chance, but it's, I don't like so far how it is. So, because now I don't know if it's an adventure game or I'm just going to be in arenas and fight against enemies and that's it in just a, in like a, in a room. I don't know. I can't, hopefully when we talk next, I played a bit more and I could tell you more. But it's such a bummer. I don't know. It's not. It. 
I think it starts strong with like, hey, let's throw you into gameplay. Cause I'm always about like, hey, let's let's start it off real quick. Get me invested, awesome, right? And it didn't get me invested right away, but I was like, okay, cool. We're in combat right now. We're fighting visually. It looks good. This looks cool. And then like 15, 10 or 15 minutes of narrated images. I don't know. Hopefully, oh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I'm super bummed. I mean, I, I have a physical copy of a game I might not like. Ah, uh, such a bummer so far. Such a bummer. I hope I will change my tune. But I don't know. I think I'll just skip those. Fuck, you know what? Honestly, if it just keeps doing it, I'm just going to skip the story stuff and just play gameplay. Because at this moment, I have Crunchyroll. I'll just watch it. To me, it doesn't feel like it's selling the story. Kind of, It's a bummer, to be honest. It's a real bummer. But yeah, that's what I've been playing. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. So see you in a bit. You're listening to 3PC News with your hosts, Jesse Lira, Robert Esparza, and Joe Ramirez. Sony officially announces a new smaller PS5 model on Tuesday, which will be available in standard and digital editions. According to Sony, the new PS5 console has been reduced in volume by more than 30% and in weight by 18 and 24% respectively compared to the current model. However, while Sony's announcement came with the information on a new models and dimensions, it didn't provide a visual comparison to show how much smaller it is than the launch PS5 models. The new design features four separate cover panels, with the top portion in a glossy look and the bottom portion in matte. Launching this November in the US before rolling out elsewhere over the following months, the new model will come with one terabyte storage for both editions. The recommended retail price for the new PS5 models are as followed. PS5 with Ultra HD Blu-ray disc drive is $499.99, while the PS5 Digital Edition is $449.99. This represents a $50 increase in price for the Digital Edition in the US. Both versions will also be more expensive than the launch models in Japan. The new PS5 also requires a $30 stand if users want to stand the console upright. So this was leaked a, a while ago. I think we talked about it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's smaller. Um, it has the digital edition, regular edition. But if I'm correct, you can buy, if you have a digital edition and later you want to get a disk drive, you can purchase that separately. And I want to say it's 70 bucks or 79.99 for that. I think it fucking sucks that they don't give you that stand when the PS5 regular has the stand itself. But hey, they get to do whatever they want. So who am I to judge? 
I, I mean, it is a bit smaller. There is some image comparisons I've seen online, and it's a bit smaller than the regular PS5, which is which is neat. You know, it's it's cool. I, they did say after these models, uh, the regular PS5 models uh, run out, this will be the model that stays after. So you're not going to have too many of the uh, specific unit just stuck in store shelves. Probably for when they come out, but... You know, hey, you know, something to reduce the size. Maybe it saves cost for PlayStation. Uh, I think it's pretty neat that you can buy a disk drive separately. I think it. one thing that kind of sucks is for some people who have the, like, side panels that you can attach to the original PlayStation 5. It's not, of course, is, this is not going to work for the new slim one, which is understandable. But then I wonder if they're going to do different colors and you know for the sides of the the ps5 i wanted to get one of the the what i think it's called cosmic red for the ps5 but they never drop that one in price and they usually drop the price on like i think the black and the and the other colors but that cosmic red one they don't do it's cool that they make it smaller uh i'm not offended by it i think some people are upset by the the new version for some reason but i wonder if that disc drive is gonna fail more like, I wonder if you can get a warranty for that disk drive. And if that fails, you just get a new one. I think, but also, like, I think with a new model, it's tempting, too. Because, you know, some people like changes, visual quirks. So, eh, I think it's just something to save PlayStation money. It's going to be interesting to see comparisons. Because you're going to have people that are going to compare it. Like, the usual, like, hey, how much power consumption does it do? How hot does it get? Does this perform a bit better? Because I know it's not doing anything where, like, this isn't a PS5 Pro, which has been rumored, which could still happen in the future, but I don't know, like, I, so it's nothing like that, and I'm pretty sure people are going to be confused and be like, well, is it the Pro version? Because they usually do that. But from what I've heard, nothing is different besides size and probably power consumption and heat. But we'll get more of that stuff from people on YouTube who will do, like, comparisons and stuff. Platinum Games' former vice president Hideki Kamiya has launched a YouTube channel and said he feels very refreshed after quitting the company he co-founded. Last month, Kamiya announced his shock exit from Platinum after co-founding the company 15 years ago and leading some of its most iconic games in Bayonetta and Wonderful 101. In a video published on Thursday, Kamiya reiterated that he's not planning to retire from game development, but claims that he won't be able to take a job in the industry for at least a year likely due to a non-compete clause. I am Hideki Kamiya, unemployed. Welcome to my channel. I'm out of a job, so please subscribe, he joked. I feel very refreshed after leaving Platinum. I've been watching Netflix, Disney+, Plus, YouTube, and stuff like that. I've already lost track of what day it is. I haven't been to work for a while. I think it's been about three months since I decided to quit. Once I decided to leave, I had to clean up all those toys and stuff like that. Once I finished cleaning, I was at home with my paid vacation. The reason behind Kamiya's decision to leave Platinum hasn't been made public and the game designer gives little explanation in his video beyond hinting that his views possibly didn't align with the future direction. How should I put it? There's no way I can put it, he said. You guys understand, right? But I'd say I left the company because I wanted to follow my beliefs as a game creator and to choose the path I think is right and move on. Yeah, so I'm not going to retire yet. I want to keep creating games. He continued. There are a bunch of rumors about me. There's been some speculation and about where Kamiya is joining and stuff. I even know some people spreading rumors that I'm not leaving Platinum. Bullshit. 
I can't work for the same industry for a year due to the reasons. So it'll be a while until I bring good news to you all. It'll take time, but I'll make it happen. Camille added, to be super clear, I'm not retiring as long as there's a place that would hire me. So, you know, I'm going to wait for the offer. I will consider any offer above 100 million yen a year. So if there's a company that would like to make an offer, please contact me. One of the many questions left open by Platinum in Camille's statement was the status of Project GG. Last month, Camille commented on the title for the first time since confirmed his Platinum exit, telling a fan on Twitter to ask Platinum about Platinum regarding the future of the title. So, uh, I'm a Hideki Kamiya fan. He is the director of one of my favorite Resident Evils, Resident Evil 2. He did Bayonetta, which is uh, a game I thoroughly enjoy, and I've always been a fan of his unique takes and his game uh, direction uh, in the titles that he's worked on. So, it's it's it was shocking to hear that he left Platinum, and also with a Project GG, which was basic, basically like a giant kaiju fighting game from the teaser. Like, we really don't know what it was gonna be really or if it's gonna continue being what we think it is which probably it won't be it's probably gonna get canceled but it kind of sucks because i was looking forward to it and since i'm a hideki kamiya fan i was really looking forward to that i think with a lot of stuff like the stuff that happened with scale bound with xbox and everything like that speculations rumors i don't know shit but maybe he just wasn't like in the direction that like certain studios maybe even platinum was going just like he said you know, a lot of game companies are chasing certain trends that are currently not working out for a lot of them. Like life service games. Uh, what company was working on that game? Hyenas? Which I think that game should have been called Hyenas. I think that was a looter shooter. And that got canceled. I think it was a month or two out from releasing and they just canceled it. Because I think all these people who are trying to do life service games, looter shooters microtransactions type of stuff i don't think they're seeing the return in investment or the people spending the money that they want and i even think fortnite is kind of struggling at the moment not to the point where they're like losing a ton of money but i don't think they're making as much as they're putting out i don't know when it when it comes to that type of stuff stuff like fortnite and i know people love that or stuff like warzone for call of duty or any of those look people don't have all day to play games i know it's a shocker but also people don't have all the time or money to play all these life services because companies corporations want to follow trends and those are trends that make them more money due to microtransactions cosmetics all that shit all that stuff is something that they like because they could earn more money but when you don't have returning players or people that aren't going to give it a chance or even if it's not a free-to-play game and you have to pay for it, a lot of people aren't going to take that dive because, hey, I already spent X amount of money on this game, aka something like Fortnite, Warzone. I'll try out this, but if it ain't what I think it's going to be, which most people will compare it to what they're currently playing, and if it's not fun, I'm out. Like, every game will be like, oh my god, we got 4 million players in the first hour of this game. So yeah, because everyone wants to try it, but what's important is how many are returning and usually that drops significantly for a lot of games so i think this might have affected a lot of things that maybe platinum was leaning toward maybe something similar to that or going through or doing something where he just didn't want to do right maybe for all we know hideki Kamiya did want to do a live service game but they didn't want to do it i don't know this is why it's speculation this is why i'm just guessing but with him not being able to do anything for 
the next year due to a non-compete clause. Maybe this is something where a company like he would like something like Tencent, who has been buying up developers, studios, or companies. It's kind of like enticing them. But even in that sense, companies like Tencent or any other like Chinese company that are buying buying certain studios or people, um, I that's another return on investment. Like you're seeing these people spend the money, but how much money can they spend until they're like, we can't fucking do this anymore. <laughs> or how much are they going to spend until they go like, yeah, you worked on this game for four months. Uh, we're just going to cancel it because we can't fund anymore. The gaming industry is weird. Industries in general, corporations in general are weird. And I don't know where it's going to go, but with Hideki Kamiya, I will be interested in seeing what he's going to do next. I am following very intently and interested in what he might be doing in the future and uh you know with things like they technically ended bayonetta um project gg might not be no more yeah to me it's fine because we already have the games we have yes we would love more of what we've had before but sometimes we need some new stuff so even if they never make another bayonetta even if they never do Project Gigi or another Wonderful 101, um, we have what we have, so we should be grateful for that. But yeah, I'm looking forward to what Hideki, Hideki Kamiya is going to do. And uh, Resident Evil 2 was amazing. Nintendo has announced that online play for the 3DS and Wii U will end in early April of 2024. The company already closed down the eShop for both systems back in March, but players have been able to continue using online services in-game, such as online multiplayer and rankings. However, as of April 2024, this functionality will be closed, meaning games will only be playable offline. The announcement will particularly impact games with a heavy emphasis on online play, such as the original Splatoon on Wii U. In early April of 2024, online play and other functionality that uses online communication will end for the 3DS and Wii U software, Nintendo said on its support website. This also includes online cooperative play, internet rankings, and data distribution. Nintendo says it will announce a specific end date and time of closure at a later date, but notes that if any events occur that would make it difficult to continue online services for the 3DS and Wii U software, we may have to discontinue services earlier than planned. Players will still be able to play games offline after online services end, and Nintendo notes that Pokemon Bank will still retain its online functionality, presumably since it's still used by players and uses online connectivity as its central mechanic. Nintendo stressed that this is only relates to in-game online functionality, and that it will still be possible to download update data and re-download purchase software and DLC from the 3DS and Wii U eShop for the foreseeable future. Nintendo closed down the Wii U and 3DS eShop on March 27th, effectively making around effectively making around a thousand digital-only eShop games disappear for good. The closure also meant the termination of the final system to support the virtual console service. Now the only retro games provided by Nintendo are the ones available on the Nintendo Switch's online various apps. So um yeah, man, we're getting to a point now. I mean, we've discussed this before in a lot of stuff in, in gaming where um, as gaming progressed, you know, of course, starting with like Atari, Nintendo, Sega, and, and going into the future where the internet was involved, 
We're getting more and more where these games don't support older titles or older consoles with online functionality, which really became apparent. I mean, like PS2, original Xbox, but when it really was ingrained in consoles was like during Xbox 360, PS3, and for Nintendo, um, like the Wii-ish, but more like Wii U, right? Um, and this is where consoles become more of a emphasizing and, and utilizing um, the internet uh, for functionality and not only in games, but in uh, how the service works. So it's a bummer because as you guys know, I'm, I'm a fan of like either having physical, not much digital, but like I don't hate digital. It's just more like if I could get it physical and it's, it's a series or game I like, I'd rather have a physical thing. But especially this, like you're going to lose a lot of uh, games that are online only. Like you'll never get to experience that stuff again. And that's kind of a bummer. And for some people, it's just like, well, I don't care because we still got Splatoon 3. And like, yeah, no, I understand. But I mean, we're now in a unique era of games where you'll never get to experience it again. Like you can you can be like, oh, dude, I love Mega Man 3 let me play it there's like massive amounts of collections out there there's different ways to experience that and, and then you can play Mega Man 3 you know whether it looks better or sounds better you'll still get to experience the game you played as a child and have that feeling right but when it comes to online games like you'll never get to experience Halo 2 really again even though they have the Halo 2 Master Chief collection which still updates every time I fucking turn on my Xbox fucking shit but certain games are lost to time and lost from the internet. I've never experienced it, but I remember my friend, and he's been on the show, Cody, would just, like, gush over how fun it was to play multiplayer and Splinter Cell. I don't know which one, but I think it was Spies and... What was it called? Anyway, he would, like, gush over it. He would gush about his experience and how fun it was and how he would hide and then like if someone walked down a hall and it was a, uh, a, a narrow hall and he was like both legs Jean-Claude Van Damme against the wall, he would grab the guy. And since he had the mic and it had like the, I forget what the, the thing was called where it was like near, near communication, like only the person who's next to you like could hear you. And he'd be like, I got you motherfucker. <laughs> like those are experiences you can't have anymore, right? Like. I'm sure there's tons of people that would love to like experience that for the first time again since they played it like 15 fucking years ago. And, and that's apparent in, in like stuff like WoW, like WoW Vanilla. Like the fans ended up making like a server that played traditional WoW. Blizzard like you can't fucking do that. Fuck you, we're closing this down. And then later are like, hey, we're gonna open up our own servers. Because people want to experience how it was. Now... Are you getting a true, authentic, this is how it felt? I've asked friends like um, Cassidy, who's been on the show, and I think if I remember, she says like, yes and no. You, it feels kind of like how it did, but not really. But I, at least you're able to go back. So it's, it's going to take time until we go like, man, I wish I could play X game again online. Like, yes, there's the new version. But it's not the same. Like, dude, there's going to, in the future, I guarantee you, there's going to be people going, man, I had so much fun as a kid playing Grand Theft Auto V online. Fuck, I wish I could play that again. That was cool. 40 years from now, people are going to be like, well, you can play Grand Theft Auto Seven Because it takes Rockstar forever to make a Grand Theft Auto game. Uh, you can play Grand Theft Auto Seven now. It's way better. It's like, yeah, no, but I want to kind of play what I remembered as a kid. 
And like, yes, you can make the argument like, well, the new thing's better, but sometimes it's not. And then sometimes you just want to play how it was. Whether it, whatever restrictions or whatever, you want to play what you remember. Like we can do that with our old games. We can play Mike Tyson's Punch-Out how we used to. Maybe not Mike Tyson's Punch-Out if you're with a Nintendo online service, but if you get download a ROM and play it on an emulator, you can play Mike Tyson Punch-Out. You can play Super Mario World. You can play Twisted Metal 2. You can play these games, right? But with the, but these games with online functionality, you won't be able to. A lot of games now, Xbox 360, PS3, we're not going to be able to play them how they were because we're either going to lose the download patch that it needs, we're either going to use the online functionality that it had, there's going to be things that are going to alter it that aren't going to be authentically like that. And I have hope for the future that hardcore fans are going to find a way to make it work. So maybe even though I'm speaking about this doom and gloom of not being able to tuck, you know, play these games how we originally played them, I have faith in the, com the gaming community to figure out a way that you can in the future. It's probably not going to be simple, like hitting play. And that's what deters a lot of people, your casuals, from like, wait, so I have to have a PC with this to just fucking be able to play Call of Duty Warzone like I did when I was a kid. Like, that's going to happen, right? But people are going to figure it out a way, but it's going to be like, you're going to have to go through hoops. But then when you figure it out, you're like, oh, it's not that hard. I mean, dude, I do that with like fucking a Dreamcast, modding, getting it modded and stuff like that to be able to play stuff. N64, Super Nintendo, like all this stuff I could still play, you know, just because I want to experience games how they are. Like I want to experience a Dreamcast game with a Dreamcast controller. Not a lot of people want to do that. And I get it. Do what you want to do. I want to play it that way because that's what I remember. I'm going to play a GameCube game with a GameCube controller if I can to have that authentic feel. Again, I know people don't give a fuck. They don't care. That's cool. You do you, man. But I'm just saying, some of us want to experience how things are. And there's going to be a time where people are going to want to experience those online things how they used to be, but we're not going to be able to. And that, and that sucks because that's a part of video game history, whether it's online, whether it's just the game itself. Losing that, I think, is it sucks. And it is important to try to at least keep that still functioning and look i understand companies don't want to take the time they don't want to invest the time and the money to keep these servers up and a lot of the times too like i, I would read a lot of stuff on it is is it is due to money but also security risks because to keep from what i read in an article to keep those up you're using an old software that probably will have security risks and then that's a way for someone to hack and get into whatever because there's an old software that like they figured out and like that's a gateway into their you know PlayStation network right i'm just using an example i could be 100% wrong describing what i'm trying to describe but i see both reasons why companies don't do it but all i'm saying is like maybe it's not realistic right maybe it's only going to be the fans who are going to be able to have us be able to at least still be able to experience things how they used to be and then these companies are just going to give out a cease and desist and then we lose it but i think video game preservation and I've, I've talked about it is important i love games i've had good memories with games moments uh with friends and and that's stuff you don't want to lose in experiences right it's like what do stop living in the past man it's like yeah but sometimes you just want to play a fucking cool game right 
why can't video games be like movies where I can still watch Casablanca, I can still watch The Wizard of Oz. Why can't we just have that? For me, I don't understand why people get so mad when you just want to be able to have access to something that's old. And I know a lot of companies don't want to take the time to invest the money and the time, and I get that. That's why we're going to have to have the community. They're going to be the ones picking up the torch and doing that. I would love it if it wasn't as hard. We're just going to have to see how the future is. But it is, like I said, going to be unique to see now, going past this generation, that these games from 360 to PS3 and going forward, how a lot of these games are going to be affected and how, how you know, how things are going to turn out. Dude, even right now, thinking about it, they're re-releasing the original Red Dead for... Uh, for the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation 4. And there it's going to be now with an update 60 frames on the PS4 edition. I think it's only 30 on the Switch edition. Everything's there except the multiplayer for Red Dead. And a lot of people got mad. And look, I know right now you're going, who the fuck wants to play the multiplayer? Look, I only played the multiplayer for a little bit. Was it amazing? It was all right. It wasn't, it wasn't bad. But I had a great time. I remember being at a buddy's house. His name is Brian. Uh, I was there with Cody. I think Brad was there. Nathan was there. Um, we just were fucking around online. And what was cool, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe my my memory is wrong. But literally, you can go into the world of Red Dead. And it was just an open... Well, I'm right, because I think GTA is like this too. It was just the open world, and anyone can be on there. We went up a mountain, and I think it was like um, a snowy mountain... And I went into like this fort that had a Gatling gun. And then we saw you can hit the the map and you can see this guy was coming up the mountain. So I, I, I grabbed the Gatling gun and killed him. And this guy kept coming back over and over and over. And I keep killing this fucking guy going up the mountain, just going up the mountain. And I'm fucking taking him out. I don't know if he knew I could see him through the map. But I knew he was coming every time, and I took him out every time, and we're just having a blast. We're laughing, having a blast. It was so much fun. That was the peak of Red Dead Online for me, for the original Red Dead. And, and you know, maybe I'll never get to experience that, right? And it's a bummer that this re-release is not going to have the online. I get why it doesn't have the online. Wouldn't it have been cool if it did? You know, wouldn't it have been cool if, if this version on PS4 that works on PS5 or works on the Switch still had its online. I mean, it has the Undead Nightmare, which is which is the story content. But if it still had its online, wouldn't it have been cool? Like you could, that would have preserved it for a bit longer, because you can only experience that on 360 and PS3. Now, whenever 360 and PS3, which I'm sure PS3 still had, uh, I think yeah, PS3 still has its online up, and Xbox still has its online up. I think they announced they might be closing that soon. I'm not 100% sure. That's still there, but for how much longer? Now, if these online was still available for this new version on PS4 and Switch, it would have preserved it for a bit longer. We still probably will get to a moment, of course, where services for PS5 will no longer be available, but I think that's what you lose. And yes, would there have been a robust amount of fans playing Red Dead Online? No. But then you lose fun moments of just killing someone, 
trying to fucking go up a mountain. All news and articles are from publications like IGN, Gotaku, Destructoid, and Gadget, GameSpot, and Polygon. Thank you for listening to 3PC News. We'll be back after the break. Y'all ready to get funky? The most important part of dance is music. So now let us listen to the music and identify the beats. was too soft. Well, yeah, um, that's going to be it for this week. It was a long one. Uh, well, long for just being a solo one. Uh, yeah, hope you guys enjoyed my, uh, my anime talk, my video game talk, and some news. But uh, like I said, we'll be back next week with the guys. I'm sorry that they're not here. I know everyone's missing them. But they will be back. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can send it to us at thirdpartycontrolpodcast at gmail.com or our Instagram at thirdpartycontrolpodcast. Remember, it's Third Party Control Podcast with a 3RD. Thanks for listening. I am your host, Jesse McClurk, Lita. And we may not be as good as everyone else, but we kind of get the job done. The One Piece is real. <laughs> Suddenly appear. Do, 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 do. Oh, no. Okay, it sounded a bit better. Why do I sound so weird? Oh, why do I sound so weird? Why do I act this way, dear? Why do I sound so weird? Ha. All right, all right, all right, all right.